T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. From the WEEI Studios. Brought to you by DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. The home of the Red Sox. 93.7 WEEI-FM and HD1. Lawrence, Austin. Always live on the free Odyssey app. This hour of Fitzy and Hart is brought to you by the cleanup and restoration specialists at ServePro. Call 1-800-SERVEPRO. One can't help but be positive. The other can't help but be negative. Bleep you, you bleeping bleepity bleep. The only thing they seem to agree on is that they can barely agree on anything. Blah, blah, blah. I'm Andy Hart. Uh, I'm not happy yeah. about this. It's sports radio for the passionate fan. What's up, Nick? And grumpy dad in all of us. That is just so stupid. Fitzy and Hart. Yes, I've been listening, Andy. On Boston Sports Original. I like the way Andy Hart does it. Might have Nick just take over. W-E-E-I. Hour number two, the second and final hour of the Fitzy Heart Radio program on a lovely, not quite as scorchingly hot summer Saturday here in the Fair Commonwealth, coming to you from the Ford Fenway Clubhouse Studio. Uh, before we jump to the hotline, uh, the Harbor One Bank hotline, to take our next guest, Andy, an important update in football and in life right now. Uh, our pal Coop, who's here with me at the Ford Fenway Clubhouse Studio, alerted me to this just moments ago. Uh, at the stadium in Dublin, where the Week Zero college football kickoff game is taking place between Northwestern and Nebraska, the Wi-Fi went out. And what was the solution in stadium for the Wi-Fi going out for all of the patrons and football fans assembled at the stadium? The solution that is your dream scenario, I'm guessing. Free beer for everyone, <laughs> and the lines are streaming outside the stadium. To comment on whether or not the New England Patriots would do the same if the Wi-Fi went out at Gillette this fall, joining us on the Harbor One Hotline, it's my guy, everyone's pal, Mr. Patriots Positive himself, Mike Dusso from Pat's Unfiltered and Patriots.com. Deuce, free beer if the Wi-Fi goes out this fall, yes or no? Or just free beer? Come on, guys. Guys, the Wi-Fi is never going out at Gillette Stadium. It's the finest stadium in the league, and it's soon to have the biggest outdoor monitor anywhere in the u.s so no worries at all about the wi-fi at gillette stadium thank you very much so we're going to have the biggest lighthouse the biggest monitor and we're going to have the biggest regular season comeback where a team shoves it right in the face of all the other doubters and detractors who have been wondering what the plan is all this time right that's what's going to happen huh yeah, I, I got. I, I think I got a lot of my negativity out last night, and uh, you know I'm feeling a little bit, you know, just less apocalyptic right now. But I, I, I think that the story of the summer was just that you know they were consistently inconsistent, and there mm-hmm. were flashes here and there, but they were just never really able to string anything together. And I think we're all wondering now what it's going to look like in two weeks. But uh, you know, I think your, your guy Kyrie had a, had a pretty good tweet that summed up how I felt. Was you know it might be a little choppy at the start. They'll probably figure out what they're pretty good at, and you know, down the stretch, we'll, we'll see what they're really made of. But I think, you know, it's, it's a question of can they get it on track quick enough with this schedule that they have, which is just an absolute beast. Mike, isn't it safe to say that uh, right now it looks like it all has to start up front, that you know, unless they get that offensive line clicking in the ground game and in the passing game, then none of the rest will really matter? Oh, a thousand percent, Andy. A thousand percent. I agree so much. I mean, it's just I was kind of watching the game a little bit, my sleep-deprived state. Um, you know, trying to trying to gather what what happened again, but I, that's where it all starts. I mean, I think you know, I think Mac has to have a little bit better feel for the pocket too. I think he was you know a little bit uh, drifting into pressure at times too. So 
Um, it's a whole operation for sure, but it, absolutely. It has to start with the offensive line. And, you know, all the secondary guys are, are kind of unproven and have been inconsistent. Yadni just Justin Haran, uh, you know, go down the line, Arlington Hambright, Will Sherman. I mean, you know, what, what do we have in those guys? You don't know enough yet to, to feel comfortable turning it over from Wynn or Brown. Hopefully they can pick up the pace and, and the top group can get it together quick. Mike Dussault from Patriots.com on the Harbor One Hotline here on the Fitzy and Hart Show. Uh, Deuce, the discomfort that Mac Jones is showing right now at the podium, on the sidelines, in the huddle, in the pocket, um, it's that's been my biggest concern all offseason and preseason long. And again, I know the games don't count. I know this is practice. Practice. We're just getting ready for the regular season, and now is when you're supposed to try to tune up and then tune it out as well. But does it, 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 it is it alarming to you to see somebody who made such progress, who hit the ground running so quickly last year and, so, and showed so much gumption and so much ability to handle a pro offense, to now in his second season look so uncomfortable um, and not at ease with his new coordinators and new system? Yeah, well, I mean, I would I would point somewhat to the fourth drive last night. I think they went, you know, spread offense, and it almost seemed maybe like, hey, let's just get on track. That's what he's comfortable with. Um, you know, when I was out in Vegas, it, it was, you know, same kind of stuff, inconsistent. But what I think I kind of came to was that, you know, they're not going to continue to beat a dead horse with some of the stuff that hasn't been working when they get into the regular season. They're going to start, you know, leaning into their strengths. I've seen, I think we've seen hints of RPO stuff. Um, I, I think that might kick into gear over the next couple of weeks when the media isn't, uh, you know, peering in. Uh, but, you know, I thought Josh McDaniels had some interesting comments uh, out in Vegas when we were there. You know, the New England media, we, 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 <laughs> we all arrived at the new Raiders facility ready to, you know, grill Josh about the new offense. But, you know, he was saying, you know, in practice and stuff, you're working on things that you're not good at, that you can't do yet. And so, you know, certainly that's been the case. There's been stuff that they haven't been good at, that they haven't been consistent. But I still do think that they know what Mac is good at. They know they've got that stuff in the bag. That's what they'll start out with. How extensive it will be, I'm not sure. Um, but even with, you know, some of the, 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 the power runs last night, the gap runs getting Trent Brown out in front, that looks a little bit like the old stuff they used to do. Mm-hmm. I think yep. they still have more in the bag than, than, you know, we might be giving them credit for right now. One of the things that gets lost in all this focus on the offense, good and bad, whatever, is the defense. And I thought... Mm. Early in camp, it was lost that maybe the defense is pretty good. Last night, I thought the defense was equally as alarming as the offense as old friend Jarrett Stidham just marched up and down the field early there. What is your concern level with that side of the ball? Do we have a feel for, is this a competitive defense? Is it a defense that has upside potential? Are we maybe overrating it and the holes at corner and linebacker might be Achilles heels? Where Where's your comfort level with yeah. the defense headed towards a game? Yeah, that, and that was one thing I think going back, looking at it, like, you know, Bentley misses the tackle, Duggar bites on the play action, you know, that just a couple stupid mistakes. And, you know, you don't want to excuse stupid mistakes. It's, it's you know, it's been happening all summer, and there's, you know, little reason to think that, you know, they're not going to be similarly, uh, you know, inconsistent when they get to the regular season. But I, I hear all those, and there's definitely concerns, especially, you know, corner, how are they going to match up? I, I think they're better than they showed last night. I think they will play better. Um, they were, you know, they were pretty good out in, out in Vegas. I mean, I, I think, you know, against the run, they looked pretty stout. Matthew Judon was a problem. So I don't give the offense as much of a pass. I, I give the defense a little bit of a pass on a handful of plays early on, you know, that kind of set the tone and, and probably made them look a little bit worse than they were. But, um, you know, that said, I think they need Judon. They need Barmore. They're going to need Anthony Jennings to, you know, continue this kind of upward trajectory he's had. Uche, you know, got pinned on that one run inside. Not sure if that was a stunt on the touchdown run. So, you know, that's similar kind of stuff. And I'm sitting there going, well, Mick Lombardi's probably looking at that left edge and saying, hey, let's run at Uche right now. Um, so probably by design a little bit. But I, I think if the pass rush can bring it, I think they'll be able to, you know, at least hold the fort for a little while until they figure it out. So, Deuce, Tuesday, 4 p.m., roster has to get cut down significantly. A third of this roster is going to be told you either – have a shot at the practice squad. You can't stay here. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. You may end up on another team, or they may get the old Hoyer special, be told to stick around, get cut, get brought back on because they have to drop a couple guys and put them on injured reserve like Tyquan Thornton for the next six, eight weeks, et cetera, et cetera. How do you think the Patriots are going to handle once we finally find out what the diagnosis is, the injury to Ty Montgomery? which was really, really upsetting because I loved the role he was carving out for himself. He looked really sharp and decisive. He had the veteran presence. 
very decisive, still quick, looked like the third down back we need for this season, bad ankle injury. Uh, might we see Ramondre hold on to take more of this role? Could we see Kevin Harris and maybe even J.J. Taylor temporarily make the team? What do you think? Yeah, that was a bummer last night. I mean, it just tack it on to the Tyquan Thornton thing. I mean, you know, those are two guys on offense that you felt like were bringing a little bit of a new twist to things and, you know, maybe might offer some new options. And, you know, to lose both those guys, it's just, you know, such a bummer. And, I mean, I know, you know, I know Ty Montgomery's like an eight-year veteran that, you know, hasn't really done much in the league. But you're right. It looked like he was going to be really involved this year in things. Um, you know, you don't know if you trust the two rookies last night. Kevin Harris putting the ball on the ground twice. I mean, we all saw Vinny Sincere giving him the old, we can't have that one. Uh, you know, and then how do they feel about J.J. Taylor? I mean, he's been kind of in the fumbled doghouse himself over the course of his career, um, although he has had, you know, some moments with some dynamic play. So um, not an easy question, especially factor in Damian Harris, you know, left practice on, on Wednesday in Vegas and didn't really practice, didn't play. I know he was dressed, so maybe that's a positive sign. But, you know, it's not crazy to think that Stevenson's your only back that's like, you know, fully established and fully healthy going into week one. So it, it might mean good things for J.J. Taylor. I'm still, you know, really not sure what Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris, if they're going to really contribute anything this year. One of the things that you do when you don't have a lot of faith in maybe your scheme and your coaching and your game planning, which could be a weird question for the Patriots that we're not used to, is you fall back on your playmakers, your players, just to make mm -hmm. plays. And I got into a big fight uh, on Thursday, actually, with Christian Fourier about who the Patriots' offensive playmaker is. Who is Mac's go-to guy? I think there's a lot of candidates. I'm not sure who I expect or hope to elevate, but if you had to say right now, who will be Mac Jones's go-to playmaker this season? I mean, I'd probably say Jacoby Myers. That's that's who it was out in Vegas. Um, you know, he had a number of, of catches that, you know, in, in, in big spots, you know, doing situational kind of stuff. I will say this, though, Andy, I wanted to friggin' kidnap both Hunter Renfro and Devontae Adams out there because <laughs> you talk about guys that are weapons. I mean, it's just, you know, it jumps off the field. We were right next to them. You're watching Devontae Adams warm up and just how athletic he is, how fast he is. One, you know, particular rep, I know it's, you know, one-on-one's impossible for corners, but, you know, one moment he's like hip-to-hip -hip with Mills. It looks like Mills has got good coverage on him going down the sidelines. He just throws the hammer down, pulls away, separation, completion, um, so, you know, that, that shows you. And I think even though the Patriots had some sporadic success during joint practices, a lot of it to Myers in those kind of moments, and, and maybe Hunter Henry a little bit too, it still feels like a grind. It still feels like things are close. You certainly don't have guys like Renfro and Adams, you know, who have the ability to just dust the cornerback, create that separation, get open, and, and pick up yards after the catch. So I think that's something else they got to look at. Maybe you saw a little glimpse of it last night early on in the spread with Aguilar hitting him on the cross. It was like, all right, a nice little play. He caught it. He ran with it. Same with Hunter Henry, I thought, you know, out of the spread. So uh, I think there are some of those elements there. But, but right now it, it's Myers, and I think he's an injury concern now as well after, you know, how he ended last night. All right, last one for me, Deuce. It's this tweet that caught my eye yesterday. It's interesting that for 18 straight years, and I think we can – rest assuredly that they'll continue the tradition for a 19th season. Excuse me. The Patriots have had an undrafted free agent make the opening 53-man roster. Yesterday, Mike Reese tweeted that heading into last night's game, he believes up to four, four Udfas could possibly make this team. LeBron Ray, Brendan Schooler, Demarcus Mitchell, and I forget which other one he mentioned. I had my eye on Sam Roberts maybe making the team because he showed up nicely in the first couple preseason games as well. Was Give it me Farms, your, was it? <laughs> uh, no, that was uh, Megan Adelini's pick for it as well. Who knows? Could be five, could be six. Uh, I don't even want to get into what a weird sign that could be for this particular season <laughs> and what's gone on in previous seasons, having four undrafted free agents make the team. But uh, how many do you think will make the team, and who do you think from that crop popped last night enough to merit consideration for Tuesday? Well, I think Schooler's been pretty good. I mean, he just he, he has, like, the, the look of one of their special teamers. He's long. He's athletic. You've even seen him, you know, make some plays at safety, too. I, I, I think he's probably my, my favorite. Um, I'd love it to be Ray. I mean, I think I want Ray to be something that I'm not 100% sure I've seen him be just yet, you know, in terms of his pedigree when he arrived at Alabama and the injuries. And, oh, maybe this is a guy that just never quite got it in college but can really blossom in the pros. I'm still kind of torn on, you know, him and Sam Roberts and, you know, even Equale a little bit, even though he's got, you know, a suspension. So he's almost like a free roster spot. Um, so I, I think it's a tough choice. Demarcus Mitchell, 
I think I, I wouldn't quite have him on the same level with Schooler, but he's right there too with all the special team stuff. Um, so I, you know, I think guys like that could probably get through to the practice squad. The bigger question for me though is just you know, how do you keep all these safeties? You have so many safeties now. You're talking about Bledsoe too, um, Schooler. I guess if you want to count him as a safety, Peppers is starting to come on. You know, how do, how do they manage that? And and as well as you know, I feel like right now it's maybe kind of between Sean Wade and Terrence Mitchell at corner for you know maybe one spot. You can follow him at Mike Dussault 19 on Twitter. He's on Patriots Unfiltered Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays from 12 to 2. You can read his musings, observations, recaps, and more at Patriots.com. He's one of the best, and it's not by accident. Our guy Mike Dussault joining us on the Harbor One Hotline to recap the Patriots preseason. Deuce, I will see you soon, 15 days from now. Kickoff, buddy. Here we go. Sounds good, fellas. I, I am actually still looking forward to it despite last night, so there you go. There we go. There it is. I told you he was Mr. Pat's positive. There it is. Thanks, Deuce. I'll talk to you later, buddy. Thanks for joining us today on Saturday. Thanks, guys. Be good. All right. Mike Dussault from Patriots.com on the old Fitzy and Hart program. See, there we go. Like, look, he took he took away more positive than the average ordinary fan last night. He's still looking forward to kickoff. I'm starting to feel better, Andy, or better-ish. Yeah, he did a better job of being positive than you've done. Of course, he works for the team. I was just going to say, can you, if he sounded like me and he had the position he had, do you think he'd be having it much longer? Uh, no, he'd be like me. He'd be on the outs. Exactly. 617-779-7937. If you would like to give us a call, hop on the horn, talk some Patriots. Maybe you're more Pats positive than the rest of us. Maybe you've got some concerns. We are here for you until 3 o'clock. That's when Brad Foe comes in with the Visit Massachusetts Red Sox pregame show before socks and rays when we come back we'll talk our 53 man projections as well the trickle down effect of the ty montgomery injury and what andy teased earlier about the dangers of possibly scrapping what you've been working on all off season long but first we trend Crash and keith weekdays 10 to 2 now here's what's trending on weei Tune in to WEEI this Red Sox season as we broadcast live, just like I am right now, from our Ford Clubhouse Fenway studio. That's right, guy with the vintage Tampa Bay Devil Rays t-shirt who's giving me the stink eye from outside the studio right now. We do it every weekend before Sox home games. It's brought to you by your New England Ford dealers and Ford trucks, the official truck of the Red Sox. Trending now on WEEI and WEEI.com. The Patriots lost their preseason finale, dropping them to 1-2 and two on the pretend season last night. To their Raiders, coached by old pal Josh McDaniels, 23-6, and it was not a fun watch. Mac Jones went 9-13 for with 71 yards and a pick. Ty Montgomery left the game with a right ankle injury. He was carted off the field. We are awaiting analysis and information on how bad the injury was. The Patriots open the regular season in two weeks and one day when they go to Miami Gardens to play the Dolphins. And according to Jeremy Fowler of ESPN, Rookie wide receiver Tyquan Thornton underwent surgery for his fractured clavicle last Monday. He is expected to be back in six to eight weeks, depending on football acclimation and healing time. Meanwhile, in baseball, Rob Bradford shows up at the studio door, and of course, it's time to talk baseball. The Red Sox beat the Rays last night 9-8. to eight. Michael Walker won six innings, allowing four runs. Xander Bogarts, the X-Man, hit his 11th dinger of the season, a three-run shot in the sixth inning. Sox and Rays play their second of three this afternoon at 4:10. Rich Hill, he's on the bump opposite Jeffrey Springs. Trevor Story expected to be activated before today's game. It'll be good to see him after a while. Counter move would be sending Jaron Duran down to AAA. Bye. Joe Castiglione and Sean McDonough have the call with the first pitch at 4:10 across the Shaw's and Star Market WEI Red Sox Network. Shaw's and Star Market perfecting the art of fresh. And don't miss the Visit Massachusetts pregame show with our guy, Brad Foe Show at 310. It's sponsored by the Massachusetts Office of Travelers and Tourism. I said travels and tourism. I apologize. It's travel and tourism. I had to do a lot of talking today. Start your Massachusetts summer adventure at visitma.com. And in week zero of the college football schedule, we got one national game, Nebraska and Northwestern. They kicked off at 1230. You heard earlier, the stadium lost Wi-Fi, so their solution in Ireland was to hand out free beer. Cannot wait to see all the <laughs> videos that will circle social media after that one wraps up. That's what's trending now on WEEI and WEEI.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Now, we're right back to it. Bitsy and Hart on WEEI. And streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. So here's the difference. Like, Matty P, both these guys are very hardworking. Like, they, they work their asses off. They probably won't sleep this year. They'll probably die a few years younger because of this year. So Matty P definitely has a better approach at coming to the player and talking to them. Like, Robbie, what'd you see? Oh, yeah, I saw that. Like, hey, let's do this. Hey, when we see that, let's do this. Not that Joe Judge isn't bad, like, is bad, but Joe Judge sometimes, you know, he's gonna, like, if you do a, the play the right way, he's still gonna coach you on it. And sometimes you have to just be like, check it off the list, move on, move to the next play. Like, yeah. you got it? Good. I got it. Let's go. Let's go to the next one. And, and I think sometimes with coaches, they, they want to stay on top of you, stay on top of you, stay on top of you. And then that kind of like, it's almost like smothers you. You're like, I got like, Jesus, I just f- did it. Like, leave me alone. You want to do it? Here, take my helmet. So that's, I, I think that Maddie has a good demeanor, I guess, when it comes to communicating. You could f- up a play and he'll like be calm. He's not going to lose it. I think Maddie's a good, good. He's good because also too, when Maddie and Bill are talking, that's when he was the DC. Like they had that communication. Yeah. Like, hey, what are, what are we doing? We got this. No, f- that. Do this. Got it. Former Patriot uh, Rob Ninkovich and current ESPN contributor, co-host of the Dan and Ninko podcast. From a recent episode of that show, that's Ninko talking about the differences between. Joe Judge and Matt Patricia and why he thinks between the two, Matty P may be the more effective communicator and may benefit the offense more. This is Fitzy and Hart coming to you from the Ford Fenway Clubhouse studio before Red Sox and Rays at 4.10 p.m. today. You can holler at us for some two-way sports talk action at 617-779-7937. Andy, before we get to your next point, a little roster projection action and more, what do you think of that? I thought that was very enlightening. I found that this morning and thought, hmm, that's some good perspective on the difference between the two and why it may not be the best thing in the world when people like Ma- uh, Mac Jones are already in their own head and we know how critical he can be of himself. When, Ma- when Mac is already like grinding gears to have Joe Judge come in and continue to grind those gears, you know, uh, may almost benefit him to either just be left alone, talk to Belichick, or have Matty P in his ear. Well, you know, what Rob articulated, I think, a lot of us have observed over the years from the outside, like Joe Judge is a bit of a hardo. He drops a lot of f bombs. He can be kind of aggressive, um, sort of antagonizing players or the media. Like he has an edge to him. Um, and I'm not saying that's right or wrong. There's all different kinds of coaches. Um, but I also know that sometimes that wears on people. I was even thinking as he was talking about the Rick Patino era or error in Boston, and people like he never shut up. He screamed and yelled every minute of every game to every player. And at some point, you either tune it out or you push back against it because it's counterproductive. And I don't know if Judge could be that or not. But Matty P does have a pretty good rapport with his players, or he has over the years. I know that. Um, So there's value there. Although I will say, I'm pretty sure Mac Jones, I was getting a little tired, but I'm pretty sure Mac Jones last night actually praised Judge for the way he's handled him even when he came off, gives him a minute to freak out for a little bit and then, like, resets, hits the reset button. Pretty sure he had pretty high praise for him last night, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, he did, and, of course, uh, some of that may follow through with what we heard behind the scenes of Matt getting a talking to about talking about uh, he and Judge teaching each other the offense. And, you know, last week he says Matt Patricia is one of the most brilliant offensive minds he's ever been around, so maybe this week it was time to... Pay due deference mm. to Joe Judge. 
Who knows? You think if he's those selling are, it? Are those internal edicts or not? I don't know. And if he is, not I think very he much. Is. I think he's selling it. Um, you know what alarmed me last night from Mac when he said our coaches are trying their best. <laughs> oh, Great, this is their best. As Eric Cartman used to say on South Park, sometimes your best isn't good enough. <laughs> not good enough, indeed. Right now, for you um, guys, I'm going home. Oh my God, for you guys, I'm talking to Wayne from South Boston. Wayne, out. What do you got? What's up, guys? The Mouthy from hey. Southie, baby. Let's go. That's what I want to talk about you first. Do not call me Mouthy from Southie ever again. That is Why not? not my name. Because What's wrong that's with that? like a that's that's like a clown. That's like you like you treat me like a clown. Like you I'm didn't not a clown, like Jimmy okay? the Mouth of the South Heart, one of the great managers in all time wrestling. No, because I can. I got one for you, Andy Randy Scandy. That's you want me to call you Andy Randy Scandy? Can you be more that does, creative? That but Wayne, no, no, Andy pretty is creative, don't you think? No, I think what, it's what, terrible. Like, what is? He's not. Uh, he's not terribly randy. If you want to call me Baldy from hot. If you want to call me, you go ahead. Okay, I'm not. Whatever. Let's talk about Patriots real quick because you get me. You get me off my positivity, and I'm the most positive when it comes to the Patriots. Well, we real need quick, Fitzy. What does Belichick always do in the preseason? What does he do that is more important than anything? Show utter disdain to the media and the fans. No. He never shows you what they're going to be using in the regular season. That's I know he doesn't. Little... It's a working grounds. Of, cor- of course it is. But we know, Wayno, and here's the one point I will counter to this. Uh, he, he likes to try to figure out what is and what isn't working, obviously. But we know that some of the things that they've been trying out, they would like to implement this season. And it's a little disconcerting that somebody who can be a little bit obtuse at times and try to drive home a point, see the final game of the 2015 season when they whizzed away a chance to host the AFC championship by trying to run the ball 37 times in the first half with Steven Jackson. Bill Belichick, as head coach, can get in the way of Bill Belichick, head coach sometimes with these ideas, Wayno. Yeah, well, he overthinks it. I know I know what you're saying, Fitzy. You're right. He overthinks it sometimes. But I really believe that that's what it was last night. And, and through the whole, you know what I mean, preseason, I think that's how it was. Belichick's never going to show you what Mac's really going to do. You know what I mean? And that's why Mac looked a little frustrated last night because I think he likes to win no matter what. You know what I mean? So oh, yeah. what I'm saying is the, when the season starts, this is all that matters, okay? They go 2-2. Two and two, I'm happy, okay? They can go with this schedule coming up with the Pittsburgh, um, the Dolphins. Um, who else do we have? We have a bunch of uh, Ravens. It goes, it goes we, Ravens and then the Packers. It's a tough Ravens first. Uh, honestly, okay. Wayne, two you're and playing two, they're four fine. tough. That's a hard two and two is an amazing game, September. Two and two, they're fine. Two and two, they're fine, right, Andy? Yep. And 100%. Okay. If they get if through they, that two and two, they are absolutely fine. Thank you. That's what I'm saying. I think they're going to go two and two, and I think they're going to be eleven and seven this year. Right? Is that uh, that would be wrong? No, that's eighteen games. uh, And depending on how they play, we may or may not want to watch eighteen games. Eleven and six six or ten and seven. I'm going eleven and six. He's the best. I knew. I knew immediately when he had. Thank you, Wayne. I appreciate the time, buddy. Thank you for the call. He is the absolute best. I don't care if he gets offended by Mouthy in the Southie. He's the best. When he said eleven and seven, and he knew he had to subtract. I think that's a nice nickname. I like it. I don't know why he's offensive. It was better than Andy Panky, Pandy Candy, or whatever the hell he tried to come up with. Oh, Andy wants candy. Now that no, that's I like Hardo Hart. Yeah, I like Hardo Hart too. I got no. I'm not offended by that. No, no, you should not. Nor, nor should be. Should you know be. who my new if, favorite if the Hardo go is? Eleven and six, by the way. That would be. <laughs> that would fly. That would be unbelievable. I would look at that Pigs like making the AFC championship. Whoa, that was both descriptive and a little bit too much for me right now. With all the children streaming into Fenway Park right now. Oh, hey kids. Hey kids, kids can fly. Uncle, <laughs> Uncle Andy said something wrong. Yeah, thanks for waving. Good to see you guys. Go Sox. Um. What, what, who do you find to be the new ultra hardo? Who is the hardo? Who's the hardo of the week? Ime Udoka, and I love him for it. Oh, I mean, love that guy can do no it. wrong right now. I'm going to tell you what, Andy. I'm just going to leave this out there right now. I'll Don't tell you what. If watching. this season plays out the way we think it might, and the Celtics, with their 37 national, nationally televised games and the improvements they already made to an excellent roster with their awesome second-year coach in place, if they trend the way we think they're going to trend and the Patriots do what they're going to do, I could see a little bit of a challenge for who's the top team in town. Know what I'm talking about? Wow, the great Fitzy. 
the man of the Patriots people, is already looking towards Celtics season, and the Patriots haven't played a meaningful down. If that's not telling, I don't know what is. I'm not making uh, not making no calls. Not saying for shows. Just saying, you know, wow. uh, we could see a little wow. uh, things could get a little weird. We, we I'm trying. You know what I'm doing? Banners podcast. I'm. Pre- <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's uh, seventeen. Well, yeah, eighteen. It, it's no, coming. They have. Well, we no, have. No, I know. Six That's my point. Thing. We're jumping ship on the six rings because the six rings is finished. Finit. Over. No more rings. Eighteen banners is coming, baby. You don't wow. get my positivity. Look at us. Look at us. All right, so let's get into the trickle-down effect as we look toward the roster cut-down come Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, what do you think happens now? Like, the Ty, the Ty Montgomery injury, like, the Ty, the Tyquan Thornton injury was bad, especially when you get a lot of other... We've already gone down the rabbit hole of all the other rookie wide receivers making positive contributions, and it's a shame that the first big hit the kid takes, he snaps in half like a box of angel hair. Oh, wow. But Why do you have to put tone on it? He got hurt. People get hurt. Move on. People get hurt. It's a contact sport. I get it. Jeez. Fine. But now, Ty Montgomery getting hurt last night. Like, last year, poor Mac Jones only had two and a quarter games of James White, one of the best third down backs in Patriots, hmm. if not recent NML history, if not recent NFL memory. So he hmm. never really had that last year. And we thought he'd get James White back this year. He doesn't. But Ty Montgomery was making a case that he was going to be able to slide right in and take care of that or play that role with veteran aplomb and actually some 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 pretty pretty good offensive shiftiness. Like he looked good in that role, splitting out wide, going up the middle. I, I liked what I saw. Now he gets hurt on an offense that, well, couldn't really afford to lose any if many playmakers. Now all of a sudden he goes down. I'm... I'm thinking that the way that this shakes out is for until Ty Montgomery can come back at full strength or with his health in place, Ramondre is going to have to take a lead dog back seat, maybe handle a few less carries, probably allow himself to be more of the third down back, which could be good for the offense because then you never know if he's actually going to carry it because he's a better running back than Ty Montgomery or James White was in terms of a pure power back. And Damon Harris is going to have to be the pure feature back as well so this may alter the offensive game plan for two four who knows six weeks this will get it to where it should have been all along in my opinion i've said it since the spring since everybody was like oh pierre strong's the next james white get the hell out of here with pierre strong first of all and then ty montgomery is a guy that bill seemed to be liking matt seemed to be liking whoever i'm giving credit for the offensive planning seemed to be liking and he had a nice summer and i think they were going to err on the side of the veteran guy i think Ramondre stevenson has the chance to be one of the best players on the team and the more opportunities you get him the ball in space, the more touches he gets in an NBA parlance, I think the better off it is for this offense. You just said it. This offense doesn't really have playmakers. And, you know, Deuce said um, that it could be Jacoby Myers, your go-to playmaker. He's not a playmaker. I think that tells you right there how this is a mediocre pedestrian offense. I think Ramondre Stevenson can be really good. And I'm not trying to, like, you know, say it's a great thing that Ty Montgomery got hurt. But I think this is an opportunity for Ramondre Stevenson to say, no, I've been here all along. I'm the best option. Give me the damn ball. I can make plays. So could be a sneaky good thing for the offense. Here's an interesting tweet. Look at I that just positivity. Can That's you take great. note of that? And I'm going to try to stay I'm taking lemons on. and making lemonade, baby. Make it, if Spiking you make it, it like too. A, I was going to say, if you could make it like a Fisher's Spiked, I could use a couple of those. <laughs> oh, it's hot, hard, baby. As summer, summer draw, excuse me? Fisher's Hard Lemonade. Okay, excuse me. Summer's drawing to a close. A refreshing adult bev or two. Always hits the spot. Uh, interesting tweet from Joe Banner that I just came across, uh, former ESPN analyst and, of course, worked with the Eagles and Browns for years. Uh, the Pats are always a team that's interesting to watch, but this year that will be even more true. Almost everything they do from a coaching perspective works out, but this year that will be tested. I know how it looks, but I wouldn't bet against Bill Belichick figuring it out. So that's what the sort of, like, hierarchy, the football Illuminati, the... Uh, the, the elder guard, if you will, is saying right now, which is flying in the face of the younger generation, if you will, Andy. It'll work out. It's Bill Belichick. So that's the there is your ringleader, if you will, from the outside of Patriots Nation for the in Bill We Trust crowd. Interesting to see that. Uh, yeah, the well. old coot in Bill You Trust crowd. I think. Yeah, yeah. What has he watched? Has he seen anything? He's just falling back on just trite. Well, listen, I, I want Ty Montgomery... Trite. To make the to come back as quickly as he could because 
I think he could still add some positive wrinkles to the offense, even if Ramondre Stevenson gets as many touches as he did when Ty Montgomery was going to be out. Who knows? Uh, I'm just afraid that they're going to have to lean on him even more now or more than they were prepared to. Uh, it could take away from some of the surprises and wrinkles that they had where they have to like basically now put Ramondre Stevenson in a you kind of have to be more of a traditional third back until third down back until we can get Ty Montgomery back and figure some other stuff out. Uh, Andy, before we catch a break and do our final segment, last night, who were your riser? You know what? Actually, hold on to that. We'll do it when we come back in our final segment. We're going to take you right up until 3-0-something. Then, of course, Brad has got your Red Sox pregame. <laughs> Is that a hard out at 3-0-something? It. It's, it's a hard out at 3-0-something, exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, the hard out hardos right here with the 3-0-something out at the end of their radio show. Give me your risers and fallers, uh, the climbers and the droppers on the other side. Make a few predictions for who we think is actually going to make it Tuesday at 4 o'clock. Fitzy and Hart wrapping up the show here from the Ford Fenway Clubhouse studio before Sox Rays. Don't go anywhere. WEEI. We are right back to Fitzy and Hart. Streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. Zoey, hey. Got some Godsmack on the rejoin. Nice job, Stiz Grimy. Godsmack playing the beautiful new MGM Music Hall located on the other side of Fenway Park. They just had their grand opening. What a gorgeous addition to the Fenway Park area. Those guys are going to rock. Lucky anyone who gets to check out that show tonight. Been some great shows in the area recently. I heard the Bill Burr show was fantastic and hilarious last Sunday, of course. It was a little bit of a pain in the you-know-what for everyone to have to put their phones in some sort of like... Those are bizarre. What is up with that? I had to do that for John Mulaney last year. For John Mulaney? Yeah. I'm going to... For really? Yeah. Really? You had to actually... Which, not going to lie, it it was kind of worth it. And it's kind of nice because you get that separation from your phone and like Mm -hmm. you're not really worrying about it. And no one has tried to sneak, you know, sneakily grab some of the content. They don't want to steal the gold, obviously. Yep. Uh, Mulaney, really? Wow. I mean, I love John as much as the next guy, but wow, that's a surprise. Yeah, I went to Bill Burnick. It wasn't wasn't that bad. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be with the phones. Okay. So, A, how was the show, Stiz? And B, like, the, wasn't it like 20, 30 minutes afterwards having to get it out of your, like, the secret, like, kryptonite Ziploc or no, whatever it was? No, really. So, first off, the show was absolutely hilarious. I've seen mm-hmm. Bill a couple times. I think this is one of the better sets I've seen from him. And, no, they had the, you know, these stations uh, located all throughout the park. You simply just went into this thing, you know, the, the bag unopened, and you walked out. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Interesting. Okay, so they've expedited the technology in the process. That's good. Uh, I'll tell you one thing they didn't do was take your phones for Lady Gaga Friday night or Imagine Dragons on Saturday. That show was phenomenal. Absolutely, absolutely phenomenal show. First one for my older boy. Had the best time there. And I'm glad they didn't take the phones because I was the dad taking all the videos of my kid enjoying his first major concert and first rock show. And I'll cherish those videos forever. And It was just hours and hours of arena rock and Stadium bangers and anthem it, anthems. It was great. And hey, nice to see, huh, Brad Foe, the for Xander Bogarts to bring a little bit of the rock and the pop and some hits back to Fenway after a big weekend of music. Huh, man, Brad Foe is getting down in the other room. You guys are going to have a whale dancing? of a pregame show. He is. Oh, he's putting on oh. the moves, man. I'm going to tell you. Get the get the uh, cell phones out now before he takes them away. Uh, quick update on the Ty Montgomery situation from Mike Reese. Bill Belichick says, he uh, tweeted this out six hours ago. Bill Belichick said, Ty Montgomery ankle injury traveled back with the team from Vegas and will undergo more tests today. No further update at this point. So obviously, if we learn anything, we will share it with you here on WEI, of course, or on the best site for Boston sports information, Patriots updates, and more, WEEI. Dot com. All right, Andy, so time for the 53-man. Give me your risers and climbers, uh, the fallers and goners on the roster right now, the Udfas you think that will make it, uh, some surprise cuts and more as we head towards roster cut-down day, Tuesday, 4 p.m. across the NFL, and, of course, with the Patriots. Wow, that's a, that's a lot there. You, you threw a lot of different uh, categories at me. Um, I felt like stretching and taking a minute off, so go right ahead. Okay. The floor is yours. So... Let me give you a, a riser who he's on the roster, but he's been in a weird, weird, weird spot this summer. 
I thought Kendrick Bourne, it was good to see him out there. They had that fourth down play. He runs down the field. Boom. It's one of the few times you see very often this preseason where Mac hits his back foot. The ball is out. The catch is made. First down. Kendrick Bourne runs back to the huddle, slaps five with Mac, has his usual energy. I thought that was a good thing to see from a guy who was, uh, quote, not available last week and had the fight and the doghouse and wherever he's been. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was a good sign. Um, another good sign, and and maybe a bad sign, but a good sign wrapped up in a bad sign. Uh, Jake Bailey looks like he's ready for, unfortunately, the many opportunities he may get this season to punt the football. <laughs> he was crushing it. We've talked about it going back to the spring that he uh, he clearly had something last year. Something was amiss, but he is back now, and uh, that's good. So another guy, a riser of a more traditional uh, fashion would be the uh, rookie Jack Jones, who I thought... Uh, nice plays last popped, night. Big pops literally pop, yes. Popping. He's popping, and I know there's going to be bad plays. Those are coming. He's We've joked about sort of he's a young Otis Smith. He makes plays for you. He's going to give up some. Double moves are going to be an issue. But I like his swagger. I like his effort and his energy and these things that a mediocre football team needs. And that cornerback position is still very much up in the air. Uh, I know Jalen Mills is the one, and Jonathan Jones is supposedly the two, and Miles Bryant's going to be the slot and all that. I like what I'm seeing from Jack Jones. I'm intrigued to see uh, maybe where he can take it this year. Uh, undrafted rookie, I'm with Deuce. I I've thought from day one it was Brendan Schooler. I thought he just mm -hmm. smelled like a Patriots special teamer. Um, and not as much about the tattoos or the crosses on his face that they were making a big deal about last night. Um, but his versatility. He totally looked like, like last night. He totally looked like he was in a Kings of Leon cover band, or that he was in town oh, yeah. to play MGM Music Hall. At one point, he goes to like grab a Gatorade over on the sideline, and I, I looked at him and I just thought he was like, "Hey, baby, give me my axe. I got to go out there. They want one more encore. I got to give the fans what they want, bro." You know he has tats all over his quads and thighs and hamstrings. If like, you had asked me, name everywhere. the player that has the most quad tats on the Patriots 80-man roster, I would have said Brendan Schooler before you even, once you got yeah. to quad tat. Yeah. It's weird because you don't see people with their quads tattooed a whole hell of a lot. I've ne like These aren't even, you know, lower leg sleeves are more normal. These are like upper leg sleeves, but he has been groomed since almost day one to be, you know, Matthew Slater in that mix the next Brendan King or whoever, you know, they've done over the years. And I don't know if that works into roster spots. Does a guy like Cody Davis lose his roster spot? But I think Brendan Schooler is uh, is sticking around and is going to be a developmental core special teamer. Um, there's some spots that I find really interesting. And my guy Paul Perillo on the broadcast last night, I loved it because he kind of called Zoe and Sosie out because they were like, oh, this guy's going to make the roster and this guy's going to make the roster and this guy. And like, what do they have, like a 60-man roster? You only have 53 spots. Somebody's not making the roster. I think the defensive line is really interesting. I'm not sure all these young defensive linemen can make it. Um, mm -hmm. Or, you know, the Henry Andersons of the world, some of those guys are going to be on the outside looking in. Um, and, and the Ty Montgomery injury is interesting. Uh, I just happened to click on Phil Perry's latest 53-man mock draft, and he has Ty Montgomery just out, cut. And I don't know if Whoa. he knows something. And, like, not even the Thornton route where maybe he starts, he's on the roster, then you put him on IR, and maybe he can return later. So it's interesting to see what this Ty Montgomery thing does. I know everybody jumped to the, oh, J.J. Taylor's going to make the team now. J.J. Taylor is J.J. Taylor. To steal a term from where you are, the baseball world, Fenway Park, he's a 4A player. He made a nice mm -hmm. heady play last night. With everything else going on on this roster, do I want to use a roster spot on J.J. Taylor, who I probably can sneak through and get him on the practice squad? I, I, don't, I don't see the A to B connection between Ty Montgomery and now J.J. Taylor makes it. I, I don't really see it at all. Yeah, I don't see anybody snagging J.J. Taylor if the Patriots decide to put him on there. Yeah. Okay, so let's go through Phil Perry with his mock right now. Phillip! QB, he's got McCorkle, Hoister, and uh, private first class Bailey Zappi. If we see any of the latter two in a game this season, that means all is lost, and it is for naught. At RB, he's got Mondre, Damian Harris, J.J. Taylor, and Pierre Strong. So he's got J.J. Taylor, yeah, and he is sending like Kevin Harris and his two, uh, the two times he put the ball on the ground last night to the practice squad. 
Should he sneak through? But he does look good with the ball in his hands. Like, he, he's got some yeah, he power does. to his step in. He does. I mean, this is a guy that was very productive. Injured year last year, but the year before, very productive in the SEC. I wouldn't be stunned if he got claimed by somebody. I don't really want to see. You just said if either of the two backup quarterbacks play, it's a really bad sign. If you have J.J. Yeah. Taylor and Pierre Strong on the field, I think it's a bad sign. I don't it's really want to see sign. those just guys like, play. Yeah, yeah. Just like it would be a bad sign if four undrafted free agents make it. What does that say about... You're oh, recruiting you fixating class. on bad signs again. Stay positive, stop, my friend. You stop focusing on all the negative things I'm discussing. Jiminy Christmas. Stay Wide receiver positive. Phil Perry has. Back to the 53 man from Phil Perry. <laughs> Devontae Parker, Aguilar, Myers, Kendrick Bourne, Tyquan Thornton, who obviously is going to have to be sent to IR because he currently is recovering from yes. a fractured clavicle. Now, if it's a six-week recovery time, could they put him on injured reserve and he would only have to miss four or six weeks, or does he have to miss eight? I'm always confused as to how this IR action works now. I think it's six. Yeah, I think so. But he's, I, I mean, he he's going to miss six weeks. you got to have him on there. So that means somebody could take his spot in the interim, and then he's got little Jordan Humphrey. So we'll see how that plays out. Little Jordan Humphrey making special teams contributions. And, of course, they had him practicing and lining up a little bit on tight end. Uh, tight end speaking of those, Classy Claire's favorites, the tight ends, Hunter Henry, Jonu Smith, and Devin Asiasi. Why? At this point, what are we doing? De- what is the Devin Asiasi experiment all about? Are they playing the House of Blues or the MGM Music Hall? Because I've seen enough. I'm not. I'm, there's nothing there for me at this point. Is that just a body? I'd rather have Sokol in and make him a gratuitous Matt Lengel-looking extra offensive lineman on power running plays. Yeah, agreed. I, I you know, the idea of Devin Asiasi coming out of college was one thing. Uh, we're not in that point anymore. It's three years later. I think you pull the plug on the experiment, especially with this idea that he's an athletic tight end. Free. I call him Little yeah. every time. <laughs> yeah. Um, little Jordan Humphrey has this tweener-ish tight end guy. And use an offensive lineman if you want to block. I get rid of Asiasi. That's wasting a roster spot. On the offensive line, he's only got seven players. Mm. Trent Brown, Cole Strange, David Andrews, Mike Unwenu, Isaiah Wen, your starters, and then two swing tackles. Justin Haran, who has had a horrible preseason, and Yadni, almost as bad as my terrible yes. butchering of his name right there, and Yadni Kajust, yeah. who has been fine-ish. So no backup guards, no Cody Russi, no Chasen Hines, no Arlington Hambright, none of them. Not yeah, even I, Ference. My guess is they'll they'll stick around offensive linemen aren't sexy they have the the practice squad call-up rules for offensive linemen where you can bring that extra one up i believe they still have that rule i probably should check that for the 2020 season 2022 season um but it yeah they'll have more offensive linemen than that in the mix and i think that's probably just a safe position like james ferent ferentz who, who's going to claim him yeah, you're the practice james squad he goes you right and he gets called him. up a couple times right. yeah anytime I mean, you he's, want him he's, he's there He's there. He's the 99. He's open. The ribs are the ribs are excellent. The burgers solid. Come on. And you know, kids eat free, baby. Well, nice at least day. they are today. So I hope you're enjoying those suppers before the first pitch at 410. Special teams. He's got Slater, Bailey, Cardona, Nick Folk. I still think Joe Cardona might be a nice guy. Why we have to give up a roster spot to a long snapper, I'll never understand. Skula, your guy. And then Cody Davis and Justin Bethel. Are there not projects no. or players that can contribute somewhere else on special teams so that we don't have to use two dedicated spots on a 53-man roster with only 45 active on game days to life or special team. God, I mean, I'm sure they're terrific people, but... Somebody's getting get cut it. there. I don't buy it. I, I'm not with Phil. Same, same. I deviate with Phil. Somebody, I think it's Cody Davis making $2.3 million. If you're going to have Schooler, and Schooler does a lot of the things that Davis does, including personal protector and all that... Uh, I think there's a good chance Cody Davis could be looking for work. but I And Mike Reese floated a couple weeks ago, a month ago, that Justin Bethel might find it hard to make this team in the numbers crunch. So I think one of either Davis or Bethel is gone. Defensive line, Barmore, Guy, Godshow, okay, Dietrich Wise. And then it's LeBrian Ray and Demarcus Mitchell. Fare thee well, Henry Anderson. Mm. Sam Roberts doesn't make it. Carl Davis, Carl's Jr., Bill Murray, who obviously tried a stint at offensive line as well this offseason. Equale, Farms, nope, they are outski. Yeah, Sam Roberts is a guy that I it wouldn't stun me if he made the team. Won't also stun me if he's cut. I think he's in that weird tweener land. And Henry Anderson's the same thing. Bill has always liked Henry Anderson, and it you know, the injury was unfortunate a year ago. 
Um, but he's played a lot late in preseason games. He's yep. been treated like a, a bottom-of-the-roster type player for much of this summer. So that based on the way he's been used, it wouldn't be stunning, but you never know. You, sometimes you read things that aren't there when you're looking at the playing time in the preseason. Just a minute and a half left here, Andy, before we are finito. Linebackers 7, Judon, Uche, Jennings, Bentley, Raquan McMillan, Mac Wilson Sr., and then ready for this, Jelani Tavai, goodbye, Harvey Longy, and Cam McGrone. Yeah, I'm not stunned. I mean, linebacker is so wide Callahan's open to me. the same thing to me. Wow. Uh, Talani, uh, Jelani Tavai, Bill likes, has liked. The injury derailed him. He was weird last night because he started, I believe, and then finished and was Patricia like in and out. Too. Yeah. So, but are any of them all that good at linebacker? That's the question. Safeties, McCordy, Duggar, Phillips, Peppers, and Joshua Bledsoe. I think we've been in lockstep on that one. They're going to need them, and they're going to play them a lot this season. So they go, so the defense may go. And finally, at corner, Jalen Mills, Jack Jones, Marcus Jones, Jonathan Jones, Miles Bryant, Fair the Well, Sean Wade, and Terrence Mitchell. Hmm. Terrence Mitchell, I feel like you might want to keep around the veteran. That's interesting to me, but a journeyman, and you know there was that miscommunication last night where he gave up the bomb when he first came in, so... It's going to be interesting. Interesting Tuesday. Sure will. We'll have a reactionary Six Rings pod Wednesday morning for you as soon as the cutdowns are made on Tuesday. Thank you, Stiz Grimey. Thank you, Mike Dussault. Good job by Andy. This is your old pal, Nick Fitzy Stevens from the Ford Fenway Clubhouse Studio. Fitzy and Hart is done. And here comes Brad Foe with the Visit Massachusetts Red Sox pregame show before first pitch. Sox and Rays at 410. Go Sox. See you. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.